Hello everyone and welcome to TapCalf Transmissions where tonight we are going to be talking about why my Windows security stuff keeps popping up and asking me to put in my pin but more importantly we're going to be talking about Tales of the Jedi, The Sith War and a few thoughts quickly on episode 4 of Andor. I am Corey joined as always by Mr. Justin Eckhart's ladder. Uh, how are you doing tonight Justin? Well first of all you said more importantly in reference to your Windows security thing going on. I just want to say, Corey, you're a very dear friend of mine. I would hate to see you fall prey to a bad actor, so make sure you keep all of your security details up and golden, okay? okay. You're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I made light okay. of the situation, and now, and, and now I just feel silly. I just feel silly. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, that that's all. That's all that I can. Uh, that's all I can say. So today we're gonna do Tales of the Jedi, as Corey said. We were talking about doing Lost Stars. Uh, Alex actually hasn't got back to me. I think he hates me. No, he's he's just super busy. But uh, just that one's coming at some point. Not sure exactly when. This is why you should follow us in the Tabcast Transmissions Twitter account if you don't already. Um, but yeah, do you want to? Is there any news you want to get into first before we? cover the two kind of main topics Corey. uh well first of all i will say for the people watching the video version that uh Eck is not on uh not on webcam tonight so i have found a suitable stand-in for his frame uh but oh, otherwise oh, news wise i don't think there's been anything <laughs> oh man oh. i i had him cut out for uh for a thumbnail for something so i just yeah so did i that's probably pretty much the exact same one <laughs> i just found the most disappointed frame i could <laughs> but news wise uh, uh... It's, for those on listening it's uh it's it's uh it's what's his name Farron? is think. it Farron, yeah. husband Farron, Mo- yeah yeah but I don't think there's been any any big news recently other than uh, me accidentally ruining my Twitter notifications. Oh, uh, yeah. You ratioed a person. Congratulations. Yeah, uh, other than that. How many likes does that post have, like by 70, the way? 70,000. 70,000? Oh, my God. Yeah, I didn't realize it was just, that many. Can I just get those on views on YouTube instead? Yeah, I've never gotten anything close to that. That's insane. I checked and it wasn't anywhere. It wasn't that high. I think it was at like one thousand. I was like, oh, I might get like four or five. Yeah, seventy. It, holy shit! It went far beyond uh, people that I normally speak to. People that got the reference and it, it's just it's it's gone too far. And I'm deleting Twitter or something. It's was there uh, was there one point where like it just took off? Yeah, it. I don't know. It, it was like. During the stream with Charlie, before uh, he was rudely whisked away, uh, it started getting. A bunch oh, you of... mean when when I when Charlie didn't do the clip he was gonna do, and I said, "Hey, where's the clip?" Is, did he end up leaving the stream or something? Yeah, he he left the stream. Okay. Very sad. Okay. But I, I don't I don't want to talk about the contents of the post. People can go look at my Twitter. Uh, yeah. Corey's Corey loses on Twitter, or Eckhart's ladder on Twitter. Uh, you can look in his likes, and it'll be there. Or his retweets. I retweeted it as well. Uh, um, but yeah. Charlie's so funny. I just, I just got to say, because he woke up, he messaged me at like 6 a.m. Uh, my time. And he's like, oh, got two clips ready. Going to have them all out. And I'm like checking at 5 p.m. like 12 hours later. And I was like, like, what's going on? Now I'm the bad guy for making <laughs> him leave the Kodor stream. Or the Old Republic stream. Really. Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, but yeah, not a whole lot in the way of news. I'm just kind of 
checking some of my local or not local some of my favorite sources and not a whole lot we got some some character guides for Andor uh see episodes one through three there's some stuff coming out about the high republic i'm so not tuned into that though like phase two of the high republic not interest me whatsoever i mean i think we felt the same way about uh the high republic before phase one came out and i think both of us largely enjoyed it so i'm looking forward to it but i'm not putting too much thought towards it until we get to uh a convergence i think is the first book actually coming out so I I think we got like the early ebook copies, but I usually don't read the early ebooks. I usually wait until I I get the physical copy if I do get them, and then it's just being said 150 years in the past. Like it removes all interest I have in it. Like I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sure there. I'm sure it might pay off, but as somebody who's only like I'm not hardcore to the High Republic. Like I've read the what three main novels and the junior novel, like. I'm going to miss a lot of the little winks and connections and nods and stuff um, that the hardcore fans will really enjoy. And then just having to learn new characters 150 years earlier, it's just, it's for me, it was just a really weird choice. Um, But yeah, I don't, I don't love doing time gaps in general, but I, I, again, it's Mm -hmm. basically the exact same way I felt before high Republic phase one came out and I did end up liking that. So I'm, I'm going to withhold judgment until I actually read the books. Okay, so so here's what I'm gonna say. And what I'm what and I'm this, saying right now is, is that you're being an unreasonable jerk. That that is the subtext <laughs> that you're about to comment on, and that's exactly what's hope, what's happening. <laughs> Would you say, in fact, that um, I'm not worthy of the effort being put, the tremendous <laughs> effort we, being put into the High Republic? Yeah, we'll okay. do this. So there's an individual at Del Rey who both of us follow on Twitter. Uh, he's kind of funny, and not, nothing against the guy, uh, but he's. He says some funny things sometimes that sometimes makes me laugh and shake my head. And I'm just curious to hear, maybe this could be an interesting topic for email submissions. Um, So the individual said basically that working with long-term creative endeavors, like a book, given that he works at Delray, presents a particular paradox. Creative endeavors require tremendous effort, but a significant percentage of people who will experience the thing you make aren't necessarily deserving of that effort. For one, not quite a paradox. Um, For two, what do you think about that, Corey? Agree or disagree? I mean, as stated, disagree, because I think, like, on the face of it, that is just a little bit gatekeepy. Yeah. But there are elements of that that I would agree with if phrased differently, where... It's like the most weenie way to say it. Like, yeah. That's a, that's a... Wait, whenever you're making something, there is going to be some segment of the population who reads it or plays it or whatever that feels a level of ownership over it mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. can be uh, whether they... Sometimes it's because they like it. Sometimes it's because they don't. But in either situation, it can make working on that thing more kind of hell. <laughs> And Mm -hmm. I think if that's what he was getting at and that it can be a detriment, it can be detrimental to the experience of whoever's creating it when that segment of the fan base decides that this thing belongs to me more than it belongs to you. And you're kind of walking on eggshells to try to please those people where if you don't, rather than say, okay, this isn't for me anymore, they will say, fuck you for making this. Like, that's where I would agree that it 
that they're that they'd have a point. But I don't know if that's where they're I going don't, with it. Yeah, because it's almost like don't deserve like don't deserve how. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's like, the that's the crux of it, and I, I don't think it's very yeah. I don't think it's very clear. Like, don't stated. deserve because they're stupid. Don't deserve because, like you said, they're they yeah. feel ownership. Like that's yeah, the like, kind of issue. you could take it as uh, they don't deserve it because they wouldn't understand what I'm saying. And it's like okay, that's that no, that's stupid. But yeah, they don't they, they don't they don't appreciate the editing prowess that that's brought. But um, yeah, let's let's move on. Uh, should, let's talk about Andor first, maybe, because I think there's going to be a lot of people who are just interested in the yeah. Andor stuff. Spoiler free, we'll try to want... keep it. Because we're doing, next week we'll be doing the full episode on episodes four and five. So get a bit okay, more. Okay, you want to do spoiler we'll, free? We'll try okay. to do a bit spoiler free, I think. I just don't, don't... okay, this is going to be very short. Okay, give me your short impressions then. It's good. <laughs> okay. Was it? How about you? Let's, well, let's okay, so but the problem I had with it was that I was watching it and I felt like I may be in a, a theoretical 15% of the population that didn't deserve to watch something so good, but... <laughs> so was it your favorite episode uh, so far? I don't think I liked it more than three, but I like what it's setting up a lot. Uh, uh-huh. And like coming from it as someone who does love the kind of references and all that, then episode four was chock full of them. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I really, I really do like the way that Andor is doing that over some of the other series, which we talked about a bit mm-hmm. in the prior episodes. But like, I watched, mm-hmm. I've been watching this with Dana, so Dana is all caught up on Andor, and I think she's been enjoying it as well. Like, uh, episode four ended, and she's like, oh, "That's it." So I, I think she's hooked now. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, sh- there were references to some Legends characters, some events like the Gorman massacre, which a lot of people may know or may not know, but it was kind of setting up for that. And it was the kind of thing that if you don't know what they're talking about, it doesn't detract in any way. Like you don't need to know any of it to understand what's being said. Like something else could Mm -hmm. have been slaughtered in there and made up for the purposes of it. And it would have served the story just as well. But instead they went, they did the research, they got those kinds of things. And I, I always appreciate when that exists. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, I agree. I'm just kind of wondering whether Andor, like, is it suffering a bit kind of based on the, the Dana approach there where, like, the end, the episode ends and it's like, that's it? Should, do you think it's suffering from being less of a traditional TV show format and more of a, you know, kind of long movie format? Because I'm, I'm also re-watching The Mandalorian and the book of boa fett and i think one thing that's really strong about those early episodes or those those shows especially the early episodes of mando is how it does feel like self-contained little adventures each episode now that kind of works well for that show because it's supposed to be like a serialized kind of western fantasy thing but do you think andor's moved too far away from that i don't like i I think there's room for both formats, but I don't think one is necessarily better than the other. I kind of prefer this for the mm-hmm. kind of story it is telling. Uh, like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think having Andor have a quest of the day that he's trying to do would really suit the show particularly well. Like what Dana was saying, I don't think was oh, that's it. As in, there should have been something more to it. I think it was more. Uh, the episode's like mm-hmm. 30 minutes long and the rest of the stuff we're watching is Big Brother, Survivor, or Marvel shows that all right. are 45 minutes to an hour long. So it was, it was just the runtime mm-hmm. rather than anything. 
Okay. And I know that it hasn't been set on Tatooine yet, and I know that's that's a big point away from it for you, mm. but I'm I'm sure yeah, someone will say Tatooine. <laughs> it's got a most important dust ball in the whole galaxy. Um, but yeah, so I agreed. I liked it. For me, I liked episode three more just because I do think it kind of was more emotionally complete and it kind of rounded off the arc, but yeah. I'm sure we'll be getting a similar version of that soon with kind of this adventure they're on now. And we'll talk about it more as Corey said, when we do our breakdown next week, where we cover episodes four and five and we'll be watching. I'm excited because yeah. we had kind of two weeks where we had already seen the episodes and now we get something new next week, which is yeah, nice. We'll be in the same boat as everyone else. Finally, which is bad for work because I can't rewrite the the videos going out those days. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's talk about Tales of the Jedi. This is the second to last of the uh, comic series. This is the Sith Wars. I, that's what yep, it's called, the right? Sith the Sith War. War. Um, another one. And I gotta say, at this point, I'm I'm feeling kind of done with Tales of the Jedi. Um, it's just it feels like. There's too much happening. It feels like they can't... Like, these comics needed to slow down, get more issues, tell less stories, have fewer conflicts. Yeah. Um, and I'm just... I feel over it. Like, I'm just... I'm reading it. It's going in one ear and out the other. Like, the only thing I really care about is Ulit Kaldroma, what's going on with him. Um, and, I mean, I already know what happened, so... But it's just like... It, and at this point, too, it's even starting to feel like a retread of the first issues where it's like, oh, look, the Onderon's being attacked yeah. again. Coruscant's being attacked in almost the exact same way, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, a lot of the specific beats are done in the same way, and then uh, there's more mm -hmm. characters introduced, but then none of them ever really get any significant amount of development. Uh, Nomi Sunrider, who has been such a prominent character so far, uh, really takes a backseat in this one. Like, there's... Beyond Ulick, no one really goes anywhere uh, as a character. Like, I guess, I guess Mandalore tries. kind of does, but... Yeah, and they're they're trying to make Echo places because, like, there's that one moment where those, those three Jedi are killed and also where Ulick's, um One of his students is killed, and it's like, you, you could tell you're supposed to feel something yeah. there, but we haven't got a single scene of these characters where they're not fighting something or running yeah. to a starfighter or flying around it's like you don't fall in love with characters just by them being there like you got to give some work yeah. to it so um, i guess to uh to quickly summarize what's going on we had ula keldroma and exarkin who had been appointed mm -hmm. by marco regnos as the darth lords of the seath and they both got there in their own way yeah uh poison or anger or anger yeah. is a poison. There's, I, we should put some people on looking into the the themes of that. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so Exar Kun went to Yavin Four. He started planning a bunch of stuff to uh, to lure in some of the Jedi. I was kind of confused on what was going on there exactly. How people were so gullible because like we have our kind of wider cast of six to ten Jedi that have been around for the last few issues. Uh, a few mm -hmm. of them ended up getting bamboozled by Exarkun and one of them looks like a Fortnite skin. Yeah. Well, they're all coming. They're all going to come to Fortnite when someone misunderstands the job to add tales of the Jedi characters next month. <laughs> but some stay with 
uh, K. Keldroma. So I was kind of confused at the start because I didn't realize what the split was there. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. so a bunch of them decide like, oh, maybe XR has some some good ideas and isn't lying to us, even though he's sucked the last few times we've talked to him. Uh, so they kind of recruit a few of those Jedi to, to XR's side. Uh, Ulik has recruited the Mandalorians, who there's like three panels of... Uh, there's war going on between the Sith and the Republic, but also now the Mandalorians yeah. are attacking, and they've failed, so now they work for Ulik. Like, the first issue is uh, Ulik duels with Mandalore to make him uh, to make Which him was cool. Yeah, and they drop the uh, they drop the nuke at this point. The, Mando, the Mandos drop a nuke. Um, and at this point... Aren't the Mandos? Aren't the Mandalorians not humans? They're kind of are they the Tong or whatever? Uh, there's a lot of Tong, but I I think they are still like the mixed species. Everyone's welcome. Right. I don't know if that that's yeah. established. Like I don't know that that's a thing that Tales of the Jedi takes as a granted point yet. But like at least lore wise, so at the end you see like the yeah. you see the the new man Mandalore come in and he's. He's one of the Tong. I guess. I guess the old Mandal because you can kind of tell the Tong of the big kind of predator head. Yeah. So I guess the old Mandalore would have been uh, just a human, probably. Yeah. The I, I wasn't sure how I felt about the Mandalorians in uh, in this first issue because it's it's got the whole they're super fighty and warlike established, but then the fight. It's, their whole honor thing is usually played up to a just almost hilarious extent, but the fight between Ulik and Mandalore was just so stupidly skewed towards Mandalore, but then Ulik still wins. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like that was kind of undermining the the usual stupid Mando ethos, which may have been the point that like, oh, these super warlike people are not uh, not great, not epic. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same issue with the rest of um, Tales of the Jedi. Like, it doesn't slow down and tell us why we should care about these Mandalorians. It gives us two or three pages of context, and it's all fighting. It's like, why are they fighting? Who are these people? Why do we care? Why does the Sith getting the Mandalorians have... Because another problem with with these, these comics is there's no real sense of stakes, and there's no sense of, like like attrition or war yeah. it's like every time the republic loses a shipyard they respond with a fleet of ten thousand ships and it's yeah. like the sith the sith get 20 new sith lords in 30 seconds and now they're ultimately powerful it's like it's just silly so all like, to do the, the exact same attack on the same planets in the same way yeah exactly and it's like the sith or sorry the uh the mandalorians could have been interesting if they were played at played into as this kind of third party that could have you know actually turned the tide of war and it, that is kind of what they go for in the comics but it's like it's not earned yeah so it's yeah it feels like it's a just the the sith need a new army now because like the actual sith is all dead so they need someone on top of the craft to fight with the with ulik and xr but yeah so they just kind of get thrown in there mm-hmm. but yeah like if, if they're gonna do the same literally the exact same battles of like oh they've snuck a sixth fleet into the republic using using yeah. the the sith tricks of alima keto like rather than tell the same war three different times including like oh they're, they're going to Andron and duxon 
So they're going between the Duxon and Andron and the atmosphere bridge to yeah. having, the, yeah. again, the same battle on the planet in the same way. You may as well just have one war that you're covering over 30 to 36 issues rather than having those 30 right. to 36 issues covering three different iterations of the exact same war. Exactly, exactly. And with that, you know, you could have had time to actually explore these characters. You could have made... Like, the only moment I really like in the book is when uh, Ulla Kaldroma kills his brother because it's like, you kind of feel it a bit there. But it's like everything else just pretty much falls flat. And arguably, even that moment yeah. falls a little flat. Because um, it's like, it's just, it's so rushed. There's been so many characters that come and go, so many battles that end up meaning nothing. They're just stacked upon each other. It's almost in a way like a microcosm of like the issues of the era as a whole. Yeah. Where it's like the same thing over and over again to the point where it's like kind of hard to even remember like which battle we're in at this point or whatever. Yeah, like... Especially when we're supposed to believe that what's going on with Ulick isn't really him. It's not his fault. Uh, it's the, the yeah. Sith poison and stuff. When he's the only one that's actually getting any focus as a character, that ends up not feeling super great. But uh, yeah, yeah. so XR and Ulick are kind of doing their own parts of the war where Ulick has his Mandalorian soldiers and the Krath, uh, where they're kind of engaging the war against the... Republic, while well, Exar Kun is trying to do more of the Sith magics kind of thing. Uh, he goes, he steals a holocron, uh, then he just busts it open with all of his little Jedi protégés to infect them with more Sith people to bring them properly Come to his on. side. But then the first time they're in a battle on Duxin, uh, they, they leave anyways. The only one who wasn't infected was the Cathar uh, Krato, who mm-hmm. we learned throughout the course of this comic as well or this series as well as the prior ones that he really fucking sucks yeah yeah but i don't really i don't want to add to that i'm just gonna agree he blows up in a sad way where uh ulik realizes he's been betrayed by alima they had their attack on coruscant Mm -hmm. he got captured and alima kind of told the mandalorians no ulik totally said we should get out of here he's captured and which I didn't quite get that. I guess she was trying to grab power for yeah, herself. Yeah, which, like, to do what with? I don't know if she thought yeah. that this wasn't a good opportunity to attack or she'd get a better one later. Uh, but, yeah, so Ulik and XR make a plan to send her on a suicide mission that she doesn't realize is a suicide mission. But then Kratos mm-hmm. is like, I want to help too. And he's just been super annoying up to this point. So they they realize that he's he's going to be loyal to them but also that he's just incredibly annoying. So they, they send him mm-hmm. off to explode when they uh, when they explode the, the Kron Drift, which is a, a major place in Star Wars that uh, gets formed here. Yeah, it's like, it's so that they've kind of introduced a new super weapon. Um, or was this one? This that was, was the one that freed one of the... Nad, or Negasat. Yeah. yeah, so it's kind of like um, sucks up the energy of a star and harnesses it but they yeah it's you know they end up killing themselves too so they're using that to it it this is a very convoluted plan where they're trying to blow up the cron nebula or the cron stuff i don't know if it's the right term yet uh because that'll send the explosion to osis osis and that'll drive Mm -hmm. the jedi away so that xr kun can go in 
and steal the knowledge from the Jedi. But if they have to evacuate, will he have time to get in and take the what he wants and get out when they? Because he wasn't looking for anything in particular, was he? Mm-hmm. No, I I don't think so. He's just kind of like sacking it to get yeah. knowledge. And then a tree planted itself over the lightsabers he wanted to steal. So that comes back up in Dark Empire. That's Udbnar. But mm-hmm. uh yeah. He survives the uh he survives the explosion. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just I'm just not I'm not into the comics like reading it. I'm not enjoying it. I'm like looking at the side of the screen like okay, I'm 75% done. <laughs> <laughs> Well, did you like when they had a Bofa treat? That that was one of my four notes. Bofa treat. I was like, what a what a uh, you know more innocent era where you can give a child a Bofa treat. Um, yeah. So that was one of my notes. Uh, the other one was we've had, had to suspend the- Master Voto for going around and offering all the Padawans a Bofa treat. <laughs> Master Odo, what's Bofa? Oh, both of these nuts. Um, I had Forrest mentioned. Oh, I guess Double Blade is kind of the big one because this is... I think this is the first use of the double-bladed lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously because this came out before the prequel, so um, definitely a lot of Legends fans pointed to it as perhaps influencing George Lucas. I don't know if, if there's ever been a statement either yeah. way. Um but it's I it's possible. I kind of figure it's also a, you know, it is, it is I think a a pretty obvious, yeah. you know, change. But it's you know, it's it's executed pretty well. It would have been nice to maybe give it a bit more, um, kind of a bit more lev- not levity, but a bit more drama. But still pretty cool. Yep. Um, it's it's a double sided blue lightsaber as well because back at this point, well, for one, he's using his Jedi crystal, I guess, but. Red didn't always mean bad. Uh, lots of bad guys have blue yeah. lightsabers, like Palpatine in Dark Empire has blue lightsaber even. Yeah, and before the prequels, like, what a Sith was was still not super well established in particular. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. why we have all the, the Sith species here. I think this ends up getting worked in. Like, all this stuff from Tales of the Jedi about the Sith uh, tends to get worked in a little bit more than some of the other theories of, like, the Sith were the Nogri, so Vader was the Lord of the Nogri. I'm so glad that yeah. isn't what happened. Like, I know that was like a, yeah. a super popular thing for a while, and I, I that would have sucked. But mm-hmm. uh, they say the the holocron, the Sith holocron, is like a hundred thousand years old, uh, which is clearly just not true because the mm-hmm. Sith didn't learn how to make holocrons <laughs> until around twenty thousand. Nor, nor exist. <laughs> yeah, that that yeah. that part as well. Well, the the Sith as a species yeah. might have ex- existed. They probably they had to exist. Yeah, but. that's that's fair. But they wouldn't have been making holocrons, probably. Yeah, they definitely wouldn't have because the Rakatans taught them how to do that. So, <laughs> yeah, which means the Jedi yeah. had the Jedi learn how to do it because weren't the Jedi also doing it? We didn't, we're not going to examine whether that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, let's not, just, we just let's not get too stuff. let's not get too into it. We'll talk about it next week. No, 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 no. we'll be better later. Um, looking at my notes, like there's other things like. At one point, Exar Kun says that he's made hundreds of temples. Like, boy, where'd you get the time? He has a whole army of the the Sith Masasi simps that are just willing to yeah, throw their lives away for him. They're definitely willing to build the temples that I don't know that he really has a use for them. But yeah, yeah, like is it just all temples on Yavin? Yeah. Or but anyway, um, 
the way this eventually ends is Ulic Kaldroma, he kills his brother in combat. I think that's the third time his brother loses that arm yeah. as well. Because um, there's the original time, there's the first time he loses the artificial one, then there's this one. Um, uh, then there's... Um, then Nomi Sunrider kind of pulls like a Revan almost. Well, not a Revan, but... Uh, who does this happen to in Legends? I'm trying to think. Where they take the power from them, well, basically. Mitra thinks the council did it to her, but it, right. it was yeah, Malachor right. that actually did it. Right. That's right. Um, and then he kind of tells he tells them that while this is happening, there's the battle in Onderon, and He tells them that Exar Kun is on Yavin, and Kun attempts to do some sith magic where essentially his spirit will be free to roam the void he s sacrifices all the masasi in one of the big temples uh and his spirit presumably the temple that they visit in the jedi academy trilogy the one across the yeah. lake um i think there's even a reference to them stepping on stones to cross the lake in the book yeah. and there's something like that in the comic as and well And there's the reference from was... Vodosios bask bass rather about how they're this isn't the final time they're gonna meet when he kills him. Because mm -hmm. like Kevin J. Anderson, who wrote those books, wasn't one of the writers for this comic series as well. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, he he is successful in transcending uh, death, but he's kind of just... The, I, re I actually really like the last, second to last, I think, frame, where it's just his face just screaming yeah. <laughs> in like the dark. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, and he's kind of stuck there until... You know, for a few thousand years, basically. Yeah. Four thousand years, pretty much. Yeah. So, Ulix has to be one of my least favorite redemptions in Star Wars. And I think they're that's just something that I don't love very often. But Ulix, like, no one should have been mad at Nomi for doing what she did. Like, Ulix has no. just been a huge pain in the ass the entire time. He literally just killed his brother. And rather than cut him in half... Nomi took away his force powers. Like, that's reasonable. Mm -hmm. And, like, people are... I think it was Oss Willem who was like, oh, I know this is going to be hard for you, Ulick. But, like, he hasn't really repented in any way. He hasn't been redeemed. He's just kind of stopped doing things for the moment after killing Kay. And I guess that kind of goes back to the whole uh, it's it's the poison rather than him. But I, I don't know how much of it was the poison. It's also like the, uh, it, maybe it's like a, a religious thing where it's like, there's nothing worse than the absence of God. You know yeah. what I mean? Like just being alive and not being connected to the force is, is worse than being dead. Yeah. Which is kind of, kind of what we see with, um, what's her name? Uh, computer lady in Children of the Jedi in the subsequent novels, yeah. um, where she's like, she, she can't get the force back and she freaks out. Yeah. Like. I, I don't have that much sympathy for Luke. That, that's all there is to it. No, I don't either. No, I don't either. And because, like, either way, whether he was hit with some poison or not, it was still his plan. Yeah, and he was already he was still a kind dumb of plan. falling. Like, and he was already, yeah. yeah, he was already towing the line, or not towing the line. He was already stepping over the line a little yeah. bit. So, yeah. So. Look, you're on my naughty list. You're not getting a Christmas present. But there is a... Is the next... I guess the the next set of Tales of the Jedi... Is that Redemption? Yeah, Redemption's the final one. I wonder what he could possibly do to redeem himself. 
probably get killed and call it at that. It's so it's so hard to get to the Wikipedia page for any of these anymore. Because I know. It just takes me to the whenever the show. I search Tales of the Jedi, I just accept that I'm going to click the show one and click yeah. other uses and just go from there. All right, there we go. Uh, yeah, it, that's redemption. Okay. I, I can't believe they use the same font and the same logo and stuff. Or maybe not the exact <laughs> same font, but the logo is the same. I, I love the. I, I assume that's Ulick. I love this front cover art on the redemption Wikipedia page. <laughs> it, it's got the the statue of. <laughs> Yeah, of Nagasato's looking... head in the background, I guess. Yeah. The facial expression on Ulik. It, it's fantastic. Yeah, Ulik... Ulik oh, I'm not going to say that. Ulik looks like he's nutting so hard the whole Jedi Order's feeling it. <laughs> what happened to... Oh, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I changed my mind, didn't I? <laughs> Apparently. Look at the size of his hands as well, man. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put that up on the on the video. I, rather than being Perrin, you are now gonna be Ulek Kiltrum. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I guess the only other note I have that we haven't talked about yet is how when they're doing the Coruscant attack, uh, I forget who it was, but they're just like, I've seen that the war room is where the battle will be decided. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's probably a good place to get your Jedi Master. Like, it isn't what they meant, but, I mean, the way they said it, if I was there, it's how I would have taken it. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm ready to be done with these, to be honest. Right. I, I would rather be winning, rereading Jedi Prince than this, for sure. All right, so yeah. we've got a... We've got an, a generally negative review of the Sith War. I didn't hate it, but I like all yeah, the beats are things we've seen before. It. It's it wasn't yeah, it wasn't my favorite. Yeah, I'm just I'm just not feeling it. I don't know. I'm over it. So over are we gonna are we gonna talk about uh, redemption at any point? Yeah, well, we I mean we've come this far. We might as well finish it. Like I don't get halfway through Children of the Jedi and just call yeah. it i mean I I just, we finished the art i do what but... i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do what i did for tell or for children of the jedi i'm just gonna basically i'm gonna read it but i'm gonna read it very quickly yeah should are we gonna try are we gonna try to do that before uh before tales of the jedi starts or do we do it later on uh fuck we should probably try to do it beforehand but we'll see or do we just do over like the next six episodes we have a, a three-minute segment of talking about an issue of redemption each. I, I, I'm down for that. That could work. All right. Maybe we'll give that a try. Next week's episode, we'll talk about one issue of redemption. I think there's actually only five. Uh, and that would probably bring us right up to uh, Tales of the Jedi, the show's release. But mm -hmm. uh, okay. okay, so we do have a few questions in email. But before we get to that, maybe we should just talk about the the next couple episodes as well lay out what's going to happen or the the rough yeah. plan i mean the good thing is for next week don't have to worry about anything because we're going to be doing um and or and or yep. so then after that maybe that's either lost stars or star by star uh yeah so um, the episode after next week is supposed to be star by star we need to reconfirm with ilkin because uh, he was yeah. already... I, I ran the tentative date of the 
uh, of the sixth past him, but it won't be that. I'll have to message him again and see if the 13th works, but okay. we'll get locked in with that. Uh, mm-hmm. And we are going to be doing and or episodes six and seven the following week. So that's the next three episodes, largely, largely handled. Yep. Yep. I am looking forward to getting to the KOTOR comics more than the Tales of the Jedi comics because I, oh, yeah, uh, sure. they are, I, I've read uh, bits and pieces of them and I've read like individual arcs, but I, I've generally mm-hmm. enjoyed that a bit more than Tales. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Let's see, where are the questions? I only copied down a few because I, I tried to stay with the ones that were like either general Star Wars or... Uh, tales specifically but considering we're 30 minutes in we can probably get to some of the other ones that we've been holding off on sure so first up we have from brandon who says dark readings which legends or canon character do you guys think would have the most annoying twitter presence i feel like admiral dala would be pretty cringe ah hmm That's a really, really good question. I feel like anytime um, I read a tweet by Borsk, I'd just be, I'd get infuriated. Yeah, because he so openly lies. I feel like a lot of the, uh, I get like NFT vibes from a lot of the CIS. Like Sand Hill yeah. is definitely sh- sh- shilling NFTs. I feel like maybe that would get kind of annoying. Raynar um, Thal, I feel like, is going to be just insufferable. Oh, Thraken. Thraken would would be really bad too, yeah. with like the, the because he'd be playing up like the fake news angle and shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Thraken followed by everybody in the CIA. <laughs> God, there was someone. I, I think it was Rosh that I said would be like really big into NFTs. Oh yeah, for but, sure. Uh, Rosh totally. Basically, would. our whole conversation about the I. Because we we've answered who would be most into NFTs before, and I think yeah. all of those answers transfer basically one to one on this. Yeah, exactly. plus a lot of the political figures. I feel like the uh, the clones, just because there's so goddamn many of them, <laughs> and they all probably <laughs> they all have the numbers at the end of their names, so everyone just thinks they're bots. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like they can they can break any um, any Twitter poll they want, where they just call all the boys in. <laughs> That'd be. Jabba would definitely be like horny on Maine. Lando's <laughs> offering to. Lando's trying to get into a deal to buy Twitter, and then he he just figures out how many of them are clone accounts, and he's, he's trying to say that they were misleading him on the clone accounts. I, I hate to compare their lifespan as well. I hate to yeah, compare Lando compare. to Elon Musk. He was just the first Star Wars businessman I thought of there. But yeah, fair no enough. disrespect to Lando. Uh, all right, thank you, Brandon. Our next question comes from Joel, who says... Great question. Do you think that the new canon of Star Wars material, both books and screen, have done a better job of making... Uh, or of having jump-on points for new fans to enter compared to Legends? Um, Probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, on screen, I don't think you can really make the comparison because there was only really the Clone Wars for canon, yeah. but... um. So I wouldn't say for that, really, especially where the Clone Wars was very arc-like. Mm-hmm. You can jump in at pretty much any point. Maybe you got to go back a couple episodes. Uh, but, like, they didn't even air them in order, so it's yeah. like, who who fucking cares? Um, 
but for books, I mean, yeah, it feels like it. Like there haven't been any huge series yet. Like there's been like the Alphabet Squadron one and the Thrawn. Uh, the what? What is the new Thrawn series called again? Ascendancy. Oh, um, Ascendancy, right? Like that's not very newcomer friendly if you're not coming in at book one. But otherwise, yeah, I, I yeah. probably. Yeah, like I. The major thing is just having. Uh, so you either have a an almost reset to the status quo at the end of a book uh, if you want to have everything be accessible, which is how the original Bantam books kind of addressed it, where there were some individual things that that had changed, but most of them, like it's Warlord of the Week, it's uh, Imperial Super Weapon of the Week, and you could go from there. But then once you get to the Del Rey era, where you have the Yuuzhan Vong War into the darkness crisis into legacy of the force and fate of the Jedi. You couldn't really come in in the middle of use on of, uh, NJO. You couldn't really come in between NJO and darkness without really being a bit lost. So I think the fact that there is screen stuff is what makes new canon a bit more accessible in that way. Cause you, you can still have the continually evolving universe, but there can also be the expectation that like, all right, if you're getting into this, you've probably seen at least either one of the TV shows, which is kind of the new basis to jump off of, or the movie, which is, uh, or like the sequel trilogy, which is another basis that they can jump off of, which they haven't yet, but uh, presumably is coming. So mm-hmm. I think having the more prominent jumping off points is, is a benefit in that area. Yep, agreed. Thank you, Joel. Uh, we've had... Okay, so the one of these is specifically about Andor. Oh, actually, both of these are specifically about Andor, and some are a bit spoilery. So I would p- probably wait until next week for both of those. Uh, yeah. Okay. So this is actually kind of related to what we were just talking about. From Tristan, we have, as the Vong War... As far as the Vong go... I like how Star Wars kind of delves into an alien invasion storyline that sort of overcomes its villain of the week stories to use, or stories it used to arguably embrace prior to NJO. However, in your opinions, do you think they should have gone further? While I personally enjoy the Vong as villains, I sometimes feel and concur with your opinion that they seem to be almost just another culture that could very easily exist within the Star Wars galaxy. I really think they should have gone all out and make the Vong more abstract tonally. I know you guys somewhat touched upon this a couple books ago, but if you could, how would you bring about a more eldritch tone to the whole Vong storyline? As always, thanks for wonderful content you two produce. Best regards. It's a good question. I think there's a few... Like, the Vong, it's largely just how they're presented, which is, like, the opposite of what we expect. Mm-hmm. But it's not just, like, different. It's, like, pretty much always the exact opposite. Like, people don't like pain. The Yuuzhan Vong like pain. People rely on technology. The Yuuzhan Vong hate technology. They don't care for, you know, comfort. Like, all of these things that kind of what you expect from Star Wars, they're the exact opposite. And I think that ends up becoming a little bit boring. And it sometimes almost feels, we've kind of called them edgy sometimes. It does feel edgy. Because it feels like they're purposely trying to be kind of a counter. And I think they could have just made it different rather than um, rather than the opposite. I, I don't think Eldritch is really kind of ever what the Vong are going for. Um, I mean, they could have, you know. That's kind of like, I guess, what Mass Effect does with their extra galactic threat. Um, and I think but, like we do get a bit more of a Star Wars story in that direction with Abeloth in Fate of the Jedi. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess if I were going to, I, I would make them maybe to the point where, like, even the, like, aspects of their culture are never fully explained or, yeah. Yeah, like, I think one of the things that the NJO is trying to do that kind of precludes having something that is so alien that they can never understand it is that they, they are going for that synthesis towards the end mm -hmm. of like how can you bring those different peoples together uh, and having something that just is entirely irreconcilable is not going to play into that very well so and and I do think we got uh, something more in that direction with Abeloth later on and even if I, I don't necessarily love how Fate of the Jedi played out in its specifics uh, they at least did kind of try that type of storyline Yep. I, I'm actually, I am looking forward to getting to Legacy of the Force and Fate of the Jedi because it's been so long since I've properly read them. And when I was reading mm -hmm. Fate of the Jedi, I was like reading the books in class. So yeah. I wasn't able to pay as much attention. Like that was before I was doing anything where Star Wars lore was my job. So I, I mm -hmm. didn't have to engage with it in the same way. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm curious what my opinion of it will be when we get back to it. Yeah, me too. Um, all right, and another question that we've been kind of holding off on, another one from Joel, who thinks, do you think, or who asks, do you think it's fair to compare the Disney Star, uh, the Star Wars Disney Plus shows with each other since they're all trying to do very different things with different tones and feels? For example, Mandalorian is a more lighthearted adventure show compared to Andor's darker and greater, grittier pleasure. I feel like theory. we answered this Did one, we? didn't we? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah, yeah, one we did, last sorry. week. Yeah. Right, I had a different one that I meant to star. Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. So I think that actually gets to the majority of our backlog. There All right. Go. So I guess we'll just call it a short episode today, which is fine for me because we'll probably have a longer one next week. Uh, and yeah, I'm also gonna do a, I think a review checkup next week. We got to get back to doing. Yeah. Um, we've we've got to get back to doing our um, our Glupshito appreciation segment yeah. as well. I don't know who's. I don't it's know supposed to be. You. It's supposed to be mine. Technically, I should have been okay. coming to each of these episodes with one, but I I just haven't, and I haven't brought it up. You haven't brought it up. Very nice of you, but we will soon. Yeah, soon. Yeah, that's that's all I got. If there's anything else you want to touch on uh, tonight, no, Corey? We both got other stuff that we had to do tonight, so having a shorter episode is uh, makes sense. And or next yep. week. Uh, star by star week after that. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.